On this episode of the Productivity Podcast, I'm talking to Jeff Sanders all about getting up early and something he calls the 5am miracle. Welcome to the Productivity Show, the show that gets you where you want to be fast. Smash your goals and achieve more with actionable, easy to follow advice and become a Jedi Master of Productivity. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. I am Paul and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Speaking of which, today's episode is a great one. I am joined by Jeff Sanders from jeffsanders.com and we're talking all about his new book, The 5am Miracle. Now, as you probably know, if you've been reading my blog or listening to the podcast for a little while, you'll know that I'm a big fan of morning routines and getting up early. Uh, I get up early because I want to work on my website and work on something that I really care about. And because I work full time, the mornings and the early mornings is one of the only times of day I can get some quality, undisturbed work done uh, when I'm not being bothered by other people. And it really is one of my favorite times of the day. And this is a great episode today. Jeff delivers a ton of value by uh, just communicating the importance of the morning routine and how to get started with morning routines. And be sure to check out the show notes at paulminers.com 16, where I've got details of how you can get hold of a little sneak preview of Jeff's book. There's a He's, he's kindly given me a couple of uh, chapters to give away, so you can check out his new book for free. So head on over to paulminers.com 16 to check that out. And while you're over there, be sure to sign up to my brand new seven-day productivity plan. And I say brand new because I've just redesigned the whole email course so that each email is now incredibly actionable and easy to implement. And if you haven't gone through the seven-day productivity plan already, it's a completely free email course that will teach you the essentials of creating a productivity system. So you can find that at paulminers.com slash seven days. So yeah, be sure to find all that good stuff after you have listened to today's episode. And without any further ado, let's get into the episode with Jeff Sanders from jeffsanders.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. And today I am talking to Jeff Sanders from jeffsanders.com. Jeff, hey, welcome to the show. Well, hey Paul, how's it going today? Yeah, really good, really good. Thanks for coming on. And uh, Jeff's on the show today to talk all about uh, the importance of morning routines, which is definitely something I'm really interested in. And uh, yeah, I think the morning routine is super important for creating that productive lifestyle. And Jeff's going to be talking about his new book, The 5am Miracle as well. And so I'd love to go into Jeff's uh, book writing process to see how he's gone about uh, writing that and and the inspiration behind the book. Um, So Jeff, why don't we start with, uh, if you could give us a bit of an introduction to yourself who you are, what you do, and, and sort of your your journey to arrive at writing this book. That'd be awesome. Sure. I think that uh, my real journey kind of began back after I graduated college, and I got my, my first job, which was a, in door-to-door sales. So I was living in Boston at the time, and I was uh, literally walking door-to-door for, to businesses, and I was I'm trying to sell them a Verizon business phone service, and it was like the worst job you could possibly imagine. Uh, I was miserable, but my boss was smart enough to give me a really great book from John Maxwell, and asked me to read it, and it blew my mind. It was just the first time I'd ever been exposed to personal development, first time I'd ever even known that you could really kind of take control of your life and really take it in whatever direction you want it to, to go. 
And I was so inspired by that book, I began to read lots and lots of books and listen to documentaries and, and watch documentaries, listen to podcasts, and just dive into lots of great content, which then led me to starting my own blog, and later on my own podcast, and then later on a book, and speaking engagements, and coaching clients, and all these things that came about because I was just so interested in diving into kind of my own life and what made me, made me tick, my own interests and my passions and skills, how they all work together. And so along those, you know, on that journey, I started a blog and began to really build my own website um, outside of my day job, which then led to me doing uh, coaching on the side, which led to me, you know, breaking free and doing my own, you know, entrepreneurial activities and starting my own business, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and then recently I got into, you know, being able to publish my own book, uh, which has been fantastic. And it really came about because of the podcast that I launched and because of my focus on early mornings and productivity and health and fitness and how all those things work together. Uh, because in the, my like last probably eight years of my life has really been focused on how can I be uh, more productive? How can I be healthier? How can I get more out of my own life? And then I share those lessons with my audience on the blog and the podcast and, and really just talk about, you know, here's what I did and here's how you can apply those same lessons and get those same results. And I love that process and I love how it all comes together. And so to be able to spend, you know, all day, every day working on that thing is just, it's really, really wonderful to have the chance to, uh, to share what I'm experiencing and to see those results with the people that follow the advice. That's awesome. That's a great, great story. And it, it sounds like you and I are both really, really similar in terms of, uh, you know, what we're working on and, and uh, our approach to sort of getting more out of life. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been a Fun. I mean, definitely. I just want to say, like, it's been one of those things where I didn't plan this. You know, I, I wanted to point this out. Like, I didn't like walk into success. Like, it was one of those things that I had to really figure out as I went along. Like, it was not a, a clear path at all. I think that you know, it's easy to look at someone who you know has a book or has a podcast or has a, a great business and think that things just kind of fell into place for them. But really, uh, the journey to get here has been uh, very erratic and then all over the place. Uh, so I think it's one of those cases where you have to follow your passions and really just pick and choose what's going to work best for you. Uh, but once you find those things and you follow those paths, uh, you make those connections and then things happen. But uh, the path to get there is, is nothing but a little bit crazy sometimes. You're, you're totally right. I totally resonate with that feeling because I often find myself comparing what I'm doing to other people and you think, oh my gosh, this guy is so sorted. Like he must have the sweetest life. And, uh, and you think, wow, what, I just can't wait to have that for myself or I wish I could have that for myself. And you just have to remind yourself that they've obviously worked extremely hard to get there and then what you just said like the road to get there is not easy and there is no there is no one path to get there you're going to walk uh, this very crazy zigzag path there's going to be problems and setbacks along the way and it is just a constant learning experience and so I try and remind myself that and uh, you know I often think back to where I was just a year ago and I'm sure you do the same and it's it's amazing to um to to look at the journey and but you're right like it is a constant learning learning process yeah yeah definitely so Okay. Um. Actually, you mentioned uh, so you you were doing this these um the door to door sales for Verizon, and then you started the the blog on the side. Could you quickly tell us like how did you how did you fit that in? Because obviously it's a, sort of a situation I'm in now. Like I'm working and I uh, I'm trying to do my site on the side. Like what was your approach to building your website on the side of this day job? Well, actually, I've worked many different day jobs over the years. Uh, that door-to-door -door sales job didn't last very long. That led to me working at a bank afterwards. I worked uh, for Apple for a little while selling computers. I've worked uh, in a career college helping you know students and figure out their, their own path in their life. So I worked a lot of different jobs. 
but this it was the same process throughout the entire pro the, the entire time I was working all different jobs, which is I was exploring different opportunities outside of my job. So when I wasn't at my day job, I would be you know nights and weekends reading books and listening to podcasts and watching documentaries and exploring all these different possibilities. And once I discovered that I wanted to spend time uh, building websites and blogging and podcasting, then that became my number one focus when I wasn't at work. I was spending all of my time just fitting in whenever I had the moment I was building that business and working on whatever I could. And so I didn't really have a social life as much as I would like to have had, but I was so passionate about building this side project that I wanted to spend time on it. So I devoted lots and lots of time outside of work to that other work, I guess you could call it. And so it, it, the path is really one of kind of just, you, you take the time you have and you optimize every minute you can not just because that, that's your only choice, but because I wanted to do that. I wanted to spend that time uh, seeing where that path could take me. I think that that's one of those cases where, you know, it's not easy necessarily because it is going to require you to work long days. Uh, but if you love what you're doing and you're excited about it, it's so easy to fit that time in because it just fits so well into who you're becoming. And you see that progress over time and you want to keep going. You want to keep that, that progress moving. And so for me, it was just an obvious thing that once I saw traction and saw progress and saw results, then I wanted more of it. And I just kept fighting to get more time in my day for that, which then later on became my full-time gig. But that took a while to get there, only after I'd really committed you know, nights and weekends and free time to building that business. I'm so glad you said that because it, it sounds like you were exactly where I am now, but like just squeezing squeezing time in wherever you could to work on it is definitely something I uh, I, uh, I can appreciate. Um, and then, you know, you said like it was it was easy for you and it was the natural thing to do because you cared so much about it. And actually, I wrote a blog post not long ago called The Productivity Secret, which is that, you know, no matter what apps you're using, whatever approach you're taking, like the biggest thing I find is that when you have the purpose and the the that that sense of like why you're doing what you're doing behind these these goals and these projects that you're working on, it becomes easy. You know, for me, getting up early in the morning is easy because I want to use that time to to do my own thing. So uh, I, I can um, definitely agree with everything that you just said. That's um, yeah, definitely. It's really good, really good advice. Uh, I also say that like the opposite is also true. Like for example, like you made a good point there that when the why is in place, you are it's easy to do what you want to do. But I've had times where I didn't have that why, and something that I used to love became something I didn't want to do anymore. Like I was running marathons quite often in my mid twenties, and then I got to a, a, one of these races I was doing, and in the middle of the race, I realized I didn't care anymore about it, and so I just left the race and walked out. And I haven't run as much since that day because my why basically disappeared and I replaced it with uh, with business goals. But I think that it's important to note that, you know, your why can move you in the right direction. But when the why is not there, then recognize that and go find where your why is and what it is and then spend time in that area instead. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really interesting uh, example. Just running out from the middle of the race. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so Jeff, I wanted to ask like, like a top level question now, um, which is something I try and ask everyone, but why is productivity important to you? You've, you kind of touched on it before with, um, your approach to getting more out of life, like where you are now, what, why is productivity important for you? Or why do you think it's important that people learn about productivity? Well, it's a really good question. I know that productivity for me was not something that I initially set out to kind of like, you know, be an expert in or want to master. It was just this natural flow of me saying, well, here I have these goals I want to achieve, whether it's a marathon I want to run or a book I want to write or a business I want to start. I had these things I wanted to do. 
And the obvious question was, well, when can I spend time on these things? And so it became a scheduling you know, challenge. I'm looking at my calendar and going, well, how do I make time for things that I love? How do I make time for my goals? And how do I ensure that I can you know, track my progress? And how do I make sure that I'm staying up to date with all my activities? And just doing that process in a very natural way, I realized, wow, uh, this is a there's, a, there's systems here. There's a reason why these things work and the reason why they don't. And so I kind of fell into productivity as a way of realizing that when I am productive, then my life works the way I want it to work. When I'm really focused on maximizing my time, then I get the results I want and I'm living a better life and, I, and I'm achieving more than I want to achieve. And so to me, productivity is it's a direct path to living a better life. It really is. It's a direct path to optimizing everything about yourself in every area, which your health, your wealth, your business, relationships, whatever it is, you can apply principles of productivity to all those areas and get the most out of them. And so to me, it's just this natural, you know, draw that says, well, if I want to have, you know, the best possible life that I can, then why would I not be productive while trying to do that? Yeah, I think it's like, it's one of those things that's synonymous with being highly motivated. You know, if you have this goal, or you have this, this passion and this, this motivation and drive, then you're going to naturally start to be more productive, because you want to be more effective and more efficient in how you go about working on that project. And so yeah, I think it is like a, a very natural thing for lots of people to, to focus on. Um, and obviously, a big part of being productive is the morning routine. And so I wanted to get on to talking about your new book, The 5am Miracle, which you have just released. And uh, can you maybe start by giving us a little more background on the inspiration behind the book and why you think um, the morning routine and perhaps getting up early is, is so important? Yeah, well, I, actually, the answer to that question really relates to what I just said about productivity, which is I was actually at a point in my life about three and a half, four years ago where I was working a day job. I had my side business and I wanted to run a marathon. And that's a lot to do all at once. And I realized the best time for me to train for my race was going to be before work, which meant I had to wake up early. And so and at the time, I was not an early riser. And so I, I changed my, my lifestyle, changed my systems and said, well, I'm going to get out of bed at 5 a.m., and see if I can squeeze in time for a run before I get to the office. And the very first day I tried that, I fell in love with it. And I realized there's so much potential early in the day to really maximize um, the time that I've been missing. And so in the beginning, it was trained for a marathon. Then after that race was over, I replaced that same time with business goals. And then it was personal goals. And I realized that if I use this time wisely, my day can have so much more success in it. I can be more productive and have more energy and feel so much co more confident about the way I've used my time. And I think that that's where the 5 a.m. miracle idea really grew from. And then from there, I wrote a small ebook and shared it with my audience. And then I realized that could be a podcast. And so I began, I created a podcast with that same title and, and began discussing those same principles. And that's where the book came along later. It was about a year and a half into, into podcasting. A publisher asked me to write a book on those same concepts and take what I was discussing with the podcast and make that into a fully fleshed out system. So that's where the book even came from was just this, you know, me discussing these principles that I've been living out in my own life. And it was a really phenomenal thing to not just discover on my own, but then to share what I was discovering with other people as well. Yeah, that's, um, that's really, it's really cool. And it, it definitely aligns with my approach to like morning routines. And you say, you know, you were using it to um, achieve these different goals and these different things that you were working on. And it's, it's interesting to think that it sounds like your routine has evolved a little bit, you know, you started off by focusing on the marathons, and then you replaced that once it was over, you know, instead of being like, okay, cool, marathon done, I'm gonna get some extra sleep now. You're like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. Like now I'm going to replace it with working on business goals. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, yeah, I 
think it's one of those cases where once you find out that the system like that works so well, you know, you don't have to stop that lifestyle choice just because that one project is over. Uh, I think that's one of those cases where now I had the free time that opened up and you're right. Like I could have chosen to sleep in or I could choose to use that time on another goal I wanted to work on. So that's when I realized that and the time freed up, then I became much more intentional about how to schedule my, mor my morning hours and how to make that routine the best that it could be. And so that's when I, I got out, you know, a pen and paper and really like, scheduled it out and said, well, here's how an ideal morning could work for me. Here are the habits I want to include. Here's, you know, I want to eat these kinds of foods and I want to exercise like this and I want to work on these projects. And the more intentional I became with that process, the more effective that routine became and the more value I got from that morning routine. Yes, actually, let's go into that. Uh, what, what in terms of like some nitty gritty stuff, what do you think are some some of the most high impact things people can do in their morning to get more out of their day? Well, the way that I view morning routines is really based on energy because I think energy is what leads to productivity. And so when, when I know in my own life, the more energy I have, the more I get done. And so my morning routine is like very hyper-focused on energy. And so I fill it with healthy habits. It includes I wake up and I have a liter of water first thing, which is a lot of water to drink, uh, but it's the best way to really rehydrate your body and wake yourself up. Uh, so my day begins with a full liter of water. I have a, a double espresso for a little kick with a caffeine, and then I flow into my morning workout. Uh, which lasts in, around like 30 minutes. Um, after that, I have my breakfast, which includes uh, a very large fruit smoothie usually and my Vitamix blender, which I love. And so th that whole process there takes a couple of hours to do, uh, but it really is focused on nutrition and, and health and wellness. And with, that, with all of that being done, and then I grab a shower and then I get dressed and then I head off to work for the day, I've got so much energy that's built up in that process that mm. then I can tackle my most important work project first thing uh, and then I can get to emails and other things after that. So uh, my morning routine is, is very strictly based on how can I boost my energy uh, so I'm mentally and physically prepared for the work I'm going to do that day. Awesome. So sorry, what time did you say you got up in the morning? Well, in an ideal morning, it's 5 a.m., um, that changes throughout the, uh, throughout my life. Uh, it's one of those cases where the show is called the 5 a.m. Miracle. And of course, 5 a.m. is an ideal time for a lot of people. Uh, but the real point of that is that if it's, if you are intentional with your time, uh, you can wake up whenever you want, as long as those hours are planned. And so, uh, for me that the time will change and fluctuate based on my schedule, but as long as I have that time mapped out well, and I know how to optimize the time that I have, uh, then it works out well either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if someone was going to get started with waking up early, a little bit earlier, maybe they don't want to jump straight into 5 a.m. because maybe that's a bit daunting for some people uh, who maybe get up at 7 at the moment. But like, what is, if, if somebody was going to get up, let's say, 30 minutes earlier, what, uh, how would you recommend they start? Because you've got your, I think drinking the water is probably a pretty quick and easy thing, but you've got the, the exercise that you do and, and a bunch of other things that you try and uh, you, you include in your routine. What do you think are the one or two um, really good things that people should try if just getting up maybe like even just 15 minutes early or 30 minutes early. Well, I think the key to waking up early is really, like you said before, this idea of really knowing your why, really knowing your passion, really knowing what drives you. If you're going to wake up early, you've got to want to do it. If you're just going to do it because someone told you to, you're, you're not, it's not going to last very long. So I think the first thing you do is you wake up and you do something that you love to do. Now, that might be drinking water and feeling healthy. It could be doing a session of yoga. It could be anything. But it needs to be something that you really want to do. And it's amazing something you have not done in a while that you want to make time for, uh, which is a very common thing to, to try. I think it's a great one because then you're, you're able to squeeze in that time that you previously didn't have. 
And so that might mean you go to bed a little bit earlier, you wake up just a little bit earlier, but and then use that time uh, for that activity you want to do. And of course, over time, if you wake up even earlier than that, you can add in a few more activities or a longer activity, uh, and, and that can build on itself. But I think that when you focus on things you love and things that you know, really give you that reinforcement to continue, then this can become a lifelong habit and not just a temporary thing you do uh, because someone th thought it was a good idea one time. Yeah, yeah. I know that's, um, that's a really good answer. Like, yeah, focusing on, I suppose it's like saying there is no perfect answer for that question because everyone's going to have something they care about. And so it's just identifying the thing that's going to motivate you to get up a little bit earlier. Um, so no, I really like that. Um, and, and what time do you do you go to sleep in the evening? Sorry. I try to get between seven and a half and eight hours of sleep. So for me, uh, nine, nine to nine thirty is a good time to go to sleep. Um, so that means that, and the really, and the best answer for you know when to wake up and how to make that morning routine work is to, you're right. It's, it's to decide when you go to bed to know like, what that's going to look like. And so I have uh, an evening boundary of eight p.m. where I try to end my work for the day. Uh, I'll put away all of my all my work, all my phones and computers, and all of the technology, and focus on getting to sleep as soon as I can, so that I can get uh, eight good hours of sleep uh, before the next day begins. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I I try for about seven. Um, I always inevitably end up going to bed a little bit later than I plan. So I'm yeah, I'm about nine thirty, uh, between nine thirty and ten to about four forty-five, five o'clock in the morning. Um, no, but that's uh, and, and actually, I wanted to go back to uh, something you were talking about before, which um, uh, I think is really important. You talk a lot about energy, and you mentioned like yeah, you're going to the gym in the mornings, and you have your fruit smoothies, um, which I, I I agree. Like I think a smoothie is a great way to start the day, get some nutrients into the body, and I think. Um, that we're at a really big shift. There's a really big shift going on kind of globally at the moment where people really are starting to take notice to the food they're eating now. And I know there's been a huge shift away from fat is the enemy because we used to think fat was bad. And now we're, we're shifting from fat is the enemy to sugar is the energy. And I know that in our house, we're, we're pretty much sugar free. We won't eat any refined sugar. We don't consume any processed foods. We, we try and stick to vegetables and whole foods and healthy foods like that. Could you maybe comment on your approach to diet diet and, and this kind of shift that's going on? Well, I think you're right that there is a big shift. I know that I was, I mean, I've been a part of that shift knowing that I, I had a massive change in my mid twenties where I began to ask myself those kinds of questions about food because it was about uh, six years ago. Uh, my wife and I got our, our first puppy and I took our puppy to the pet store and they asked me well, what kind of food do you want to buy for your new puppy? And I said, Oh, well the best food you guys have. And then as soon as I said that, I realized, wait, I don't eat the best food I can. I'm going to give my dog the, you know, the highest quality food in the world, and I'm going to eat crap? Like, that's not going to happen. And so that's when I really began to focus on and researching and discovering what are the healthiest foods, and when should I eat those things, and how does that work, uh, which ultimately led me to a path of becoming a vegan. And so I don't have animal products. I eat lots of fruits and vegetables. I try to eat a lot of raw uh, produce whenever I can. Uh, so I smoothies in the morning for me are a really important part of my day, uh, big salads, and lots of nutrient-dense foods. And the more of that that I have, the better I feel, the more healthier I am, the more energy I have. And so for me, nutrition is really about, once again, it's about energy. It's, it's feeding my body the things that it needs uh, to function at the best it possibly can. And I'm not perfect with my diet. I do you know, eat things I shouldn't eat. But I think you're right, like cutting out refined processed foods and eating more organic produce and whatever you can to eat cleaner, healthier food uh, is going to put you on a path to feeling your best, being healthy, and then, of course, being more productive as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, it's, it's interesting you said you're vegan because um, funnily enough, I just finished like week one of trying out um, eating only vegan food because we, we watched the documentary Cowspiracy the other day uh, on, on Netflix. Have you seen it? 
I've not seen it. I've heard really good re reviews of it, though. So, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's it's just looking at, I mean, uh, obviously, there's a huge, like, uh, health argument around going vegan. But this was mainly looking at the, the um, like, environmental impact that, ha that occurs from um, producing beef. Like, huge amounts of land um, and energy and water goes into producing beef and dairy products. And it's actually saying that by um, eating a, a plant-based diet... Um, you could basically live off a plant-based diet and it, it requires like, I can't remember any of it. There were tons of great stats in the documentary, but it might be like five or 10% of the resources um, are required for a, a plant-based diet just because of the amount of water and, uh, and energy and um, uh, resources that are required to produce beef. Um, so we tried it. We've literally just started trying it for a week and it's, it hasn't been a huge change for us because we already eat a ton of vegetables and whole foods and things. And I've actually been gluten-free recently because... Um, it's, it's gluten hasn't been very good for my allergies we found so um i mean i'm not allergic or anything but it just hasn't helped my allergies because it's inflammatory so um really it hasn't been a huge change for us and I, we've just finished week one and it's been uh, i haven't been that affected like um my brother who's trying it at the same time has been a bit sleepy and, and kind of lacking a bit of energy but i i've um i was surprised i haven't really felt any different in fact i was hoping to have a bit more energy and maybe i just need to give it a bit more time but what would you say to someone like me if having tried it for a week i'm now thinking oh maybe i should just go back to eating some meat and some dairy uh what would you say to someone like me in order to keep going or why 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 should i keep going with it <laughs> it's a great question i think that my reasons for going vegan uh change over time like in the beginning yes it was about my personal health and then it shifted to animal rights and then it changed to environmental reasons and i i really believe that to make something as radical as being a vegan stick like it really it is a radical diet to, to make that stick for you long term you have to believe in it you have to actually have a strong personal conviction to do so and so for me my my strongest personal conviction is about animal rights um secondary to that is my own health and then third to that is in the environment and in that order which means that if i'm considering eating bad food i have reasons to not do so i have reasons to eat the better food and that allows me to push forward um and i will argue that it's also a really good point that you, you mentioned this idea of you know not being too, super inspired to continue the diet uh, based on your own personal health you know, re response, there are many different ways to eat different diets. So there's plenty of ways to eat a very fatty, really unhealthy vegan diet versus a very, uh, very healthy, organic, pure, you know, just vibrant vegan diet. And so knowing that, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of wiggle room there, a lot of personal choices to be made and research to be done. So I think that it's taken me years to really get good at that. Um, it took me a, almost a full year just to transition from a meat-based diet to a vegan diet. And after that, a whole other year and a half to two years of experimentation to find what I thought worked best for me. Uh, so it really is a long-term approach. And the more that you are committed to it, the more you're willing to experiment, uh, the more you'll be able to discover uh, what's best for your body and what, why you want to continue and then what is best for you in terms of your own uh, nutritional uh, choices and what you like to eat and, and then ultimately how all of that adds up to you living a lifestyle that fits really well for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, I, I definitely need to think about what I'm going to do then. In fact, well, one, one more quick vegan question. Um, what, what is your main source of protein? Is it mainly like nuts and legumes? Uh, that's a really good question. Protein is the number one question when it comes to veganism. Uh, I actually, uh, I rely on the, uh, well, I guess my best answer to this question is there's a lot of protein in fruits and vegetables. And the philosophy of, of veganism that I you know, ascribe to uh, is one called the 80-10-10 diet, which is based on 80% carbs, 10% fat, 10% protein. And with that kind of low-fat, raw vegan philosophy, 
you the way you approach food is that carbs are the best thing and protein and fat are, are really uh, downplayed quite a bit. And you with that, you get plenty of protein, plenty of fat uh, from just eating fruits and vegetables. Uh, yes, you can have nuts and seeds and there's a lot more protein in those, uh, but you don't technically need to have that. Uh, so I don't put a strong emphasis on having protein. I really focus on where I get my carbs from, which gives me energy, which then allows me to, to have all those results from there. Okay, okay. Um, oh, you'll, you'll have to maybe send me some recipes or something after the interview of things I need to try. Uh, oh, yeah. mainly, mainly been like uh, just a lot of vegetables this week, brown rice, a lot of avocado and nuts as well. Uh, <laughs> those are all great things too. Yeah, I love all those foods. So that's good yeah. stuff. Uh, okay, well, um, as we move towards the end, I wanted to talk about your book writing process. Uh, having just gone through this myself, writing the book for my own personal productivity toolkit, um, it's been a very new process for me. What has been your main approach? Like how it's it's because it's a massive project, isn't it? And mine's only like a mine's a 120 page ebook, but I'm sure yours is is um, probably bigger than that. So how do you tackle a big project like writing a book? What has your process uh, been and your routine throughout the day? How have you approached this this big task? Well, it's, it's true that writing a book is a, a massive endeavor, but it's the same thing as any other project that once you decide very clearly what you want the end result to look like, you can then break down the, the smaller pieces to get there. And so luckily with a book, you can break it into chapters or break chapters into paragraphs and break everything down into very small bits. And so for me, that was the approach was to, I, I spent probably a good solid month doing nothing but outlining and lots of detailed planning as to what the book was going to look like when it was finished. And once I had a very clear vision of the end result and, and all the different structures that needed to be there, then I just went through a process of about 30 to 45 days uh, to just fill in the gaps and just write, you know, here's this chapter and then this one and then this one and then, then do this research and toss in this. And it was a very methodical process once I had it outlined. Uh, but the actual outlining was by far the hardest part because that's where you have to make all the choices about what am I going to do? What am I going to do it? How is this logical flow going to work? And, and that's where you really build the systems and build the entire book is in that outline. And so for me, that and that was the, the first thing I did was to outline the book. And that was the hardest part. But once that was in place, it was so easy to then take all of that and just fill in the gaps because I was discussing concepts that I discussed before in the podcast, things I knew a lot about, I had personal experience with. And so at that point, the actual writing uh, was a no brainer, but it is a, a daunting thing to, to tackle anything that's big as a book. But if you break it down to small pieces, it really is not that hard. Yeah. And it's, it just reminds me a lot of just, it's what I tell people is, you know, you, you have these big goals. If you can dissect the process down as much as you can, which is why I love using things like Asana, you know, you have a project set up, you get your tasks in there, and then each of those tasks, try and break them down as much as you can to a very granular level. And I think it, it taking a project or a goal apart like that can make it seem a lot more um, achievable and less intimidating. And, and actually, it reminds me, you said you spent all this time outlining and planning in the beginning. It reminds me of the quote, um, I might not say it word for word, but it's, uh, uh, something like, if you give me eight hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first six sharpening my axe. <laughs> you know, so exactly right. That's that's totally it. Yeah, I think like it just highlights yeah the importance of planning, and because I guess that's going to reduce your um, kind of like reduce the time you need to spend later, like going back and editing the book and moving things around because you've planned it so well and you've got this structure that really works from the moment you start writing. Yeah, and I will say that in the middle of writing the book, I also had you know different ideas and things, and, and I wanted to take the book in a different direction and had this tendency to want to add in more stuff. 
But because I had the structure in place, it really kind of forced me to stick to my plan, which is really helpful because without that, I would have gone on more tangents and I would have written things that didn't belong in the book at all. So I think that having that structure, especially with a, something as big as a book, you really do need that those those guidelines to hold you in place or else you are going to end up in, in left field and then the, your, the end product will be something that's totally off of the original intent. And so I think it's important to have as much structure as possible to ensure that you are creating the product that you, you wanted to create. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely uh, uh, appreciate that feeling of like having new ideas and wanting to try and include them wherever possible. Uh, yeah. Um, so as we as we come to the end, I wonder if you could give us uh, some some of your recommended apps, either for writing or just getting stuff done during the day. What what are your top apps for uh, for kind of being productive during the day? Well, for the book writing process, I use an app called Scrivener which is a fantastic, fantastic program if you want to write a book uh, or anything, any long-form writing. I think that Scrivener is a wonderful way to organize ideas and move things around. Uh, you can use it for blogging. You can use it for uh, any kind of other writing projects. I think it's a really great tool for that. Um, I don't use that on a daily basis now, uh, but I use that exclusively to put my book together, and it was a phenomenal tool for that. Um, on a daily basis, my number one go-to program is called Nozbe, uh, which is a, a task management system. It's N-O-Z-B-E. Um, it is based on David Allen's Getting Things Done system. It, it is my go-to task manager, kind of like Asana would be. It's very similar to that. Uh, it's my, where all my projects are, all my tasks are. It's where I schedule all of my appointments and all, everything I'm going to work on. Also, it's, it's my go-to everyday system for knowing what to do next. Uh, when I'm not in Nozbe, I'm then in Evernote. It's my, my second most important tool. Uh, it is my digital brain. It's where all of my you know references are. All my articles are stored there, notes, um, interview questions, whatever it is I'm working on. Everything is then in Evernote. Uh, and the third tool that I use that kind of rounds up my system is Google Drive. And I use that one mostly for files. So a lot of PDFs are there, MP3s, other things that I want to store and organize in a very traditional file format system. Uh, those things tend to go there. Uh, and really, with those few programs, my whole life is right there in those three. Um, there's not much else that I use. I also have like little one-off projects here and there. Uh, so the majority of my life is based in those uh, Nozbe, Evernote, and Google Drive. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I've heard of Scrivener um, for for writing. I think it's uh, I, I've never checked it out, but I hear very good things about it. And yeah, obviously a very big Evernote fan myself as well. Um, do you have any uh, Do you have any recommended books that you would uh, either productivity related or just personal development related or, or documentaries as well that you think people should check out? Yeah, I mean, in terms of books, uh, I think last year I read two books that I think are really fundamental to productivity and kind of two must-reads. Uh, the first one is called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, and the second is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Both of those books are fantastic reads. I think they, they both have the same kind of principles behind them and both really point to the same idea, which is that you need more focus and that we all need to be doing less to get more accomplished. I think that the hyper-focus in both of those books is really important uh, to really soak in and really understand that like, this is how I'm going to be more productive is to do less and choose things with more, more intelligence and to know that I've made an intentional choice and if I focus on those things, I will get the results I want. Uh, so those two have been huge. Uh, Documentary-wise, most of what I tend to uh, watch there is related to food and, and veganism and, and kind of that's like Cowspiracy or others along those lines. Um, Earthlings is one that was very powerful for me going vegan. Uh, that's one that's most about animal rights in that video theirs, but uh, it's also very graphic, so you got to watch out for that one. Uh, but yeah, so if you want any more recommendations on that, I'd be happy to provide those as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I find we've been watching a lot of food documentaries recently as well with uh, on Netflix. They, it's... Uh, it's just like full of food docos at the moment. I don't know if there's like a thing going on where <laughs> all these docos being produced, but there's some really good ones. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot out there at night now. I know even when I was doing this a few years ago, there were quite a bit. But now there's, I mean, there's almost like one every couple of months coming out, and there's this. They're all it had the same basic message, and they're all yeah. very powerful. So it's it's good to, to watch as many as you can, really. They do. They do actually all have a similar message. But uh, yeah, start with something like Food Inc. or um, Fed Up, or what was the one I watched recently? Forks over knives. I don't know if you've seen yes. that. That's a great one too. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. It's been really good talking to you and getting your insights uh, into the 5am miracle. Um, congratulations on the launch. Um, where should people go to find out more about you and the book? Well, 5ambook.com is the best place to go to learn about the book and find out you know where you can buy it from with like you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, places like that. Um, as far as the websites, jeffsanders.com. And the podcast is called The 5am Miracle. And you can find that in iTunes. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's where to go. Awesome. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes for everyone. And uh, that's going to be at paulminers.com slash 16 for today's episode. And yeah, just one more time, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on to the show. It's been really good having you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. A lot of fun today. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jeff Sanders from jeffsanders.com. And if you want to check out uh, Jeff's site, I've got a link to his website on the show notes for today's show, which you can find at paulminers.com slash 16. And thank you very much for tuning into today's show. It's been great having you. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening. And if you haven't already, I'd love some reviews. I'd love to see what people think of the show. I'd love to get some ideas for the kinds of things you'd like to see and hear. So definitely get in touch. And one more time, thanks again. And I'll catch you next time on The Productivity Podcast.